Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Offset, sitting down with Keith Myers. And we are talking the first week of free agency and a whole bunch of other stuff. Got press conferences to talk about. A little bit of cray-cray going on there, at least by some reports. But we'll we'll get to the bottom of that. And um, welcome in, Keith. Got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, a lot to talk about today. There's a lot more that's happened in the first couple of days of, of uh, free agency than we are used to. Um Seattle is typically not a team that's very active in the first couple of days of free agency, but this year, this year they have been. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, but they didn't, they didn't overspend for the most part, except for, I thought maybe one player and it's our own player. And we can talk about that. Um, Mm -hmm. And and then the the news conference is just kind of crazy because it, it kind of came after we had, you know, the legal tampering period. So it was yesterday, Wednesday. Um, the first day of official free agency was the, was the news conference where they announced a few re, you know signings and they talked about the trade with Russell Wilson and the compensation package we got from that. Not only the players, but the um, the draft capital uh, to get back up um, into the first round this year, along with a, a additional second round pick that's fairly early at forty, and then it and first and second next year so they do have a lot of ability to move around and all that kind of stuff so i thought the the press conference was was fascinating we can start there um and then we can talk about re-signings who we got where we're going what the vision is all that kind of stuff keith what did you think about the the press conference where pete carroll opened up with pretty much 15 minutes of kind of scattered thoughts but I, but at, at a rewatching of it, I really kind of paid attention to his his overarching message, which I thought was, "Listen, we are who we are, and we're damn good at it, and we're going to go at this thing, and we're going to go try to win a championship this year. We're not waiting. We can't do that. We're not that team. We're not those guys. We're going to go try to put it together the best we can, and that's the way it's going to be." See, what so I got, I, that's what I took out of it. What I took from it is um, we're delusional if we think we can win this year, but we're going to sell that to people and then go screw it up and win seven or eight games um, and not be in a position to get a quarterback at the, uh, in next year's draft. And they're going to be basically kicking this can down the road year after year after year, and it's going to be... We ran that algorithm and it just didn't add up for pete and and it probably didn't add up for anybody else in the organization either that knows pete and that's been around they know how this thing works this wasn't ever going to be about a rebuild not when the coach is approaching 71 years old this year it was always going to be about being the most competitive team and and doing that as best as they can at least putting a roster together on september 1st that gives them the best shot. Now, I'm not saying it's going to work or it's going to be the best or whatever. I'm just saying that has always been their philosophy. 
And that will continue to be their philosophy. And, and when we arrive at September 1st, and you can say with, you know, fairly, fairly certain that they are going to be a seven win team, I'll accept that from you because I trust your evaluation and your judgment there. And you've been around this thing long enough to know, but I think there's a shot given the roster and some of the issues and tweaks we've talked about early on when we thought we were going to have Russell Wilson, where we thought that they could kind of tweak three or four different position groups in order to get back to being a very competitive team. Now that we're tweaking those position groups, now we're a quarterback away. And I'm, what I'm saying is that Pete, and I'm not, this isn't for me, but what I'm saying Pete is going to try to do is he's going to try to get a quarterback in there, and he said it out loud. Um, he basically said, I'm gonna, I want to quote this so I don't screw it up, um, something about having a point guard. We need a point guard at quarterback, mm -hmm. a game manager who protects the football and gets it to the playmakers. We want to win with defense and special teams, and we are going to run the ball to help with that, quote, unquote. So he's basically running it back like he ran it back in 2012 where they're want, they believe that they're in a position they're going to be in a position after all of the you know the draft free agency adding players in the you know before camp and so forth where if they get the right guy whether it's Drew Locke and I know we can have that in-depth conversation as time goes on or it's Baker Mayfield or if it's Willis in the draft or Ritter or whatever, that they feel that that's their guy that can not turn the ball over a ton and just get it to their guys and kind of be a point guard. I think if they build a strong enough unit in the, on the defensive side, their offense has got some playmakers in place. They're kind of paying attention to the offensive line now. I'm saying there's an opportunity for what he's saying to kind of come to fruition. I don't know what if that means. 12 wins, but I'm thinking it's not going to be five or six. So what I'm looking at though, is this isn't uh 2012. The roster is not ready for it to be 2012 and there's no quarterback coming in to carry it. This team is 2011 where that's, that's fair. Um, you know, where they brought in, you know, journeyman of, um, T Jack to come in and 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 be quarterback and was okay and got them to seven wins and they didn't make the playoffs and that was all they were going to be and uh, as far as that roster and then they uh, made the move got Wilson in drafted Wagner got Irvin um, brought in Brandon Browner like um, they. This isn't 2012. This this roster isn't at 2012 uh, ready. It's 2011. It's a it's it's a bad roster that is improving. But that's it. Sports fans, look at the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just one dollar on any team and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they win. It's that simple. 
If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NFL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, so what is your opinion on what they do now at the quarterback spot after the press conference where they they didn't fully endorse Locke as as being the quarterback in 2022, but they they said the things that you would expect them to mm-hmm. say to, to in in the quote-unquote preseason of of 2022 before camps and all that stuff to prop up lock and his confidence to give him the best opportunity to compete where he's not looking over his shoulder and yet they may draft a guy so yeah i didn't think about the position group i did not get that this was Locke's job pete was like if we can get him back to playing kind of how we did at the end of a five-year stretch right if we can get him back to that then sure but there was no like, oh yeah, definitely he's our guy. Whatever it was like, hmm, maybe, and uh, so you know he's not sold on lock. But getting getting lock was part of the deal that apparently, like going through the negotiations and stuff. There's an article that you sent me um, from SI that really kind of detailed how the deal worked out, and it sounded like it was an easy throw in for the Broncos because they were ready to get rid of him. But mm-hmm. the Seahawks, the Seahawks. Um, wanted lock he was he needed to be part of the deal um for them he was never a like a fixture of the deal because he doesn't have that much value you know on either side um but the seahawks wanted a, the quarterback the the young guy who still on a rookie deal and all of that and a chance for him to come in and compete um so basically it felt feels like they wanted their bridge quarterback Mm-hmm. And knew that Locke was good enough to be that, but also know that unless something just absolutely crazy happens, he's not good enough to lead this team beyond that. So what do they do? I think they draft a guy. I do I do think that they um unless the, the draft just gets away from them as far as the quarterbacks and a bunch of quarterbacks get drafted way earlier than everyone mm-hmm. expects. Right. Um you know, there's there are five quarterbacks in this draft that people talk about. I think that if you put them in last year's draft, there the best one is the sixth best quarterback overall, um, and the worst one is about fifteen. But there are five quarterbacks in this draft, and there is going to be some guys that have a chance to come in and compete for a job. And if you can get one of them in the second round, you go for it. I just I yeah. am I. I think you're setting yourself up with a low ceiling player that at best is going to be Kirk cousins and isn't, you know, a true franchise quarterback. And 
honestly, I don't like that. I, I think there are significantly better quarterbacks in the draft a year from now. And I would, yep. you know, we've already been through it. My, yep. I would make a play at those quarterbacks, not at the ones in this draft. But the CX need one now, and they might as well. So, you, so you one. know, you know Pete, and you mm -hmm. know that he's not going to try to lose. In fact, he's going to do everything he can to win. That's just the way he is, and I, I'm kind of cool with that. Like, I mm -hmm. respect that. I understand that. I've played sports. I know what what that means to a team and an organization. And so, I'm not going to do anything to to, to badmouth that at all. So given that, I think drafting a quarterback this year makes sense for them just in case because it doesn't if you have Locke and if you have Geno Smith and you draft a guy and, he, and they have three quarterbacks on the roster in 2022, I'm fine with that. And it gives whoever we draft an opportunity, even if it's Willis, it could be Ritter. I've looked at, at Willis and Ritter. Here's my thinking after what Pete said about the point guard situation at quarterback. I think it's going to be Desmond Ritter. I think out of the quarterbacks that are in this draft, he's the guy that fits that description the best and gives them a little bit of athletic upside. Man, I'd hate that. Honestly. I know, but, but that's, I think that's what we're going to do. And I, and I think I would be okay with it because I think if you can get Desmond Ritter at 40 or 41, and, and draft your you know stellar left tackle or defensive lineman or edge rusher at nine or you drop back and you know you get to 15 or whatever and you get additional pick i think if you can get an additional pick and, and you pick at 15 you still get your guy jermaine johnson or jordan or uh trevor penning um and you get an extra pick around the 50 range that gives you even more options to to take one of those second rounders and mm -hmm. get a guy like Ritter on the roster. You have an asset at that point. You have a quarterback you can develop. I'm not saying that he's any going to be any better than Cousins. What I am saying, though, based on the philosophy that we just heard, is that while Pete's been riding Wilson for 10 years now and his playing style, Russell, he made it very clear in that press conference that Pete Carroll has a philosophy and they adapt that philosophy around the players that they have, but the philosophy doesn't change. And Pete's philosophy is defense, special teams, point guard, quarterback. And I think you, you saw that a little bit with like a Jared Goff type situation in um, Los Angeles where that's kind of what they had. And they were able to turn that into a successful roster around him in, in order to get to the highest level. And I think maybe that's the plan going forward is they don't want to invest so much in the quarterback. They want to build the entire team. Um, and that's going to be important. And, and it seemed to me like in a roundabout way, Pete was saying he lost his way for a while. Yeah. And I, um, I look at the rest of the NFL and I look at what wins and what doesn't. And Pete Carroll, quote unquote, losing his way was why they kept winning because they had a quarterback and they built around their quarterback. Now, they didn't build around their quarterback well because they you didn't could. give him an offensive line, um, but they at least gave him some weapons and they, they did kind of build around the quarterback, but they never embraced Wilson as a guy that could drop back and throw it 35 times a game. 
So um, I want to say something. They did really for like quick. four games, and then he threw a couple interceptions in one, and they bailed on the entire plan. You could make an argument that during the first super, the run up to the Super Bowl and the first Super Bowl, that Russell Wilson wasn't yet the quarterback that you're talking about, where we lost our way. I think that you could you could make the argument that that roster building process up till that point and even maybe even to 2014 was the way that Pete's talking about right now. True. And he had an historically great defense with multiple first ballot hall of fame um, players on it. Mm -hmm. And he, and the expectation that he's going to hit on a, um, you know, another Richard Sherman in round five uh, or a cam chancellor in round uh, six and, and that kind of stuff that that's how you're going to build your team and you're going to do it again, I think is absurd. It happened once. It's a very, it's a very delicate balance. This whole idea about having this defense and then having this premier quarterback, you know, because they don't grow on trees. We know that. And we just traded ours away. Mm -hmm. So traded away the, the best quarterback in franchise history by a wide margin. But we found out that this situation was bound to happen true john schneider said that they were on and i and i get this because of mark rogers you know i'm not going to throw mark rogers under the bus or what i don't know him i don't know exact details or whatever but this smells like it's wilson's agent for those of you that don't know who mark rogers wilson's agent i think kind of forced this issue to the point where the relationship was damaged and they realized they were not going to be able to extend another contract mm-hmm. after this current one. And so they looked at the situation and realized, came to terms with the idea that this was going to be the best value upside that they could get for Russell Wilson right now. Yeah. <clears throat> so the thing that, that, that got me about this negotiation was um, that I kind of missed before was that because of Seattle showing a lot of interest in, in Josh Allen uh, in uh, that's, 2018, that's um, that was the start of it. And that it made the 2019 negotiation with Russell Wilson very tenuous and r- much more difficult than I think any of, any of us knew. Um, and it was not something that either side felt good about because of the process. And it was because the Seahawks really liked Josh Allen. And, um, you know, there was a joke out there about, you know, trade trading with, um, with Cleveland for the number one overall pick and, and all of that. And, um, that was never actually an op an offer or anything, but there was interest from Seattle to go get a guy like Josh Allen and look what Josh Allen has developed into. Like there's a reason why Mm -hmm. Seattle would have interest even with, um, Russell Wilson on the roster because you're talking about getting a good, a great player on a rookie contract and, rather than thirty million dollar and I'll player. and I'll hand hand it to um, John Schneider. He seems to be kind of identifying pretty decent quarterback prospects. I'm mm-hmm. going to talk about that in a second because Josh Allen, when you looked at his career, what is it, Wyoming? Yep. Um, it wasn't completely stellar, and it was Wyoming. So I mean, it's like the thing is, so he had nothing around him and you go and watch him and his talent. It was like, right. It was like a men playing among boys. Um, And it was obvious that he was good. And so 
Um, so what but you his stats said, never looked great. So what you said is correct. At the end of that sort of negotiation happened the following spring. Uh, Mark Rogers ended up getting a concession that ended up being pretty big in this whole thing, which was a no trade clause. Mm-hmm. And so this whole thing was just kind of contentious. And then the, the, I think the Seahawks could see the writing on the wall, this whole Mayhomes, um, Aaron Rodgers type numbers that, that Russell Wilson was going to command and demand. And they just felt like they couldn't go forward anymore. You know, there was just too much. Yeah. I think that, you know, I think Russell Wilson now seems somewhat disingenuous and I and I like the player. I'm not going to badmouth him, but it seems slightly disingenuous when he says, you know, he wants to be back in Seattle. He wants to win Super Bowls here, blah blah blah. At the same time, he's researching 14 teams he wants to go to. And I, you know, it. I think that put pressure on John and Pete to act now. And they did what they could do, and they got the value that they could get. And here we are. One of the things that um, I did find out that I didn't actually know was that. Um, there is a path for Wilson to void his contract after the 2022 season um, and get out of his contract a year early and certain conditions have to be met and, and whatever. But there was a, there was the path that the CX were going to lose a year of team control that they were going to have to franchise him or negotiate a $50 million a year contract and, and all of that. And uh, I think they, I think you're right. I think it was basically, they looked at it. They knew Wilson because of, you know, different things. Wilson didn't want to be with the Seahawks. Um, and they were like, what can we get? What can we get for value? And they went to Wilson. Wilson said his first choice was Denver and they went and negotiated with Denver and they got what the best deal that they could. Um, could they have gotten more? Probably. I think they could have from another team, but Wilson would have had to have um, waived his no trade clause and he wanted to go to Denver and they got pretty good value considering um, if it wasn't for that no trade clause, they would have, I th- I think they could have gotten significantly more, but the no yeah. trade clause. And I think the, 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 I think the reason that most people kind of see this as a fair trade, I'm not saying it was extremely lopsided one way or the other, um was because they were desperate to get a quarterback too so seattle knew that and so it kind of went that way as well okay so let's move on from the russell wilson thing is there anything else in the press conference that kind of stood out to you i mean i I got a lot of you know notes about culture and second chances and redemption and he listed a whole bunch of players that kind of went into that and then um the quarterback talk just you know and and then kind of the philosophy of just you know drafting and all that kind of stuff they went into a little bit of that honestly they did all of that and none of that i found as compelling because it was there was nothing in there that they haven't said a hundred times it was really just the quarterback stuff that was and really and not just quarterback but russell wilson um that was the actual stuff that was substantial yeah and they did uh both apologize for the way that um bobby wagner found out about his release and um so at least they own that so let's talk about free agency let's get into now the 2022 season we've officially entered the new season and uh you know it's the off season for us but it's one of the most exciting times for us because 
there's so many moving parts right now in strategy and um, cap space and how to manage that and contracts mm-hmm. and, and filling out a roster so you're competitive. How do you think they've done so far? And is there anything that stands out that, that you disagree with? Well, actually, um, I think the team's done pretty well. Um, you know, there's a couple of players that have left that on um, head scratching deals. Uh, <clears throat> DJ Reed is a guy I love. He's only 25. Um, but three years, 33 million puts him, you know, I mean, that's, that's incredible money for a guy who's got, um, a year and a half of production of which he's had multiple injuries. Um, I mean, the, the tape's good. I'm not going to, not going to say anything, but that's a lot of money. Um, the jets happen to be the jets and they have a lot of money. Um, Jamarco Jones going to Tennessee. The first one, and, and let me interrupt you for half a second. I yeah. believe that the Seahawks offered like seven, yeah. um, and DJ Reed came back and said that that was um, disrespectful. Wow, I know. And so, and we talked the week before when we did our primer show about DJ Reed, and we talked about the market being like between seven and ten, and we'd be comfortable around the seven or eight range, but not ten or more and that's what he got and Seattle, Seattle was never I think going to go that high on him they weren't going to go that high on Griffin they weren't going to go that high on Reed yeah and if you weren't going to go that high on Griffin why would you go that high on Reed Griffin was the better player um agreed and so you know you look at um Jamarco Jones going to Tennessee I originally thought I read that it was 4.8 million per year. It's not, it was 2.4 million per year over two years. Um, and that's not, so that's actually not a, a bad deal. When I saw the original um, thing, I thought it was 4.8 million per year. And I'm like, do they realize he's not a good player? <laughs> um, but at 25, 2.4 million, they just got themselves a swing tackle that can play both sides, maybe not play both sides great but he can be that sixth offensive lineman that can play four positions for you. And there's value in that. So, I, but the, the Seahawks aren't losing a lot, losing him. Um, and so with those, okay. Um, the idea that they were able to get Artie Burns, who's only 26 for um, on a one year, $2 million deal seems like a steal. Mm-hmm. Um, and given a lot of that, upside there, a lot of upside. And so given that DJ Reed is gone, getting a guy that can come in and start at for what feels like pennies. And um, he played for Sean Desai last year in Chicago. Yes, he so he knows the he, defense. He knows what he's supposed to do. Now they get a mm-hmm. veteran guy in that can help, um, help the coaching staff there. So that's good. Yep. So I, I like that move. Um, and like I said, and that felt like, God, it felt like a really good, good steal. Um, bringing in a linebacker, uh, Nuoso out of, from the, um, the Chargers again, another twenty-five-year-old, ten million a year for a linebacker, and you're like, oh, so they cut Bobby Wagner at twenty million to sign a guy at ten. I mean, granted, they don't play the same but position at linebacker, yeah. but he's going to be that three-four outside Sam and mm-hmm. rush the passer. And I think it's a it's a good deal. I mean, with the upside, the athleticism, he's also great in coverage prior safety experience at USC before he, he, he switched positions. And um, so he's a good cover uh, guy mm-hmm. as well in that spot. I think it's an upgrade from like a, who else would have been there? Carry, like a Kerry Hyder. I mean, they're, they're similar or. Um, no, he would, it would have been um, as a, it would have been um, Benson Mayoa is, is yeah. kind of who, who they just released, by the way. 
which absolutely um, had no business being on the roster still. Um, and so that was a, uh, that was a great, I mean, he's a great addition to have that, especially as they, as they transition to um, more of a three, four and less of a four, three. I mean, there's still going to be hybrid and be multiple, but um, it'll be definitely more three, four looking, having that strong he, side. Yeah. I think that, he's even that, better than Ben Sameo because Ben Sameo pl- played out of, position last year oh that's what I'm, that's not what i'm saying is is he he's replacing benson mayo he's a massive upgrade over benson mayo um so i'm not even not even considering that so you basically you you look at that's a that's a good move and then you you think about um shelby harris that they got in the trade is a nice upgrade on yeah defense. we haven't really talked about the trade guys before but uh yeah shelby harris is a good piece Artie yeah. burns coming in coming in a yeah. corner um they they re-signed someone that we haven't talked about they re-signed digs um quandre digs to actually a fairly large contract much larger than i was expecting and um yeah that was kind of the signal that they weren't in rebuild mode that they were were still trying to win because that was at like 11 million a year for a free safety um they were committing to making sure that defense did not take a step back that defense is going to take a step massive step forward and you don't do that by you know dropping your your free yeah. safety that was a pro bowler so um i it was a bigger contract than i was expecting mainly because i just thought they were going into more of a rebuild and try and get younger mode but they wanted to keep their good players and they did and and a guy that's a great locker room guy and a and a mm-hmm. good guy on the team as far as kind of being a team captain level player for them um the other guy that they really liked too then they brought back was al woods um yeah. cap hit in 2022 is 3.46 million that's a good contract for al woods he came in on a two-year deal will disley was kind of the shocker for me not that, that he came back not that he came back but it was a big deal now when you break down the contract it's not quite as bad as it looked like it's three years 24 million but when you break it down the cap hit in 2022 is 4.59 million it mm-hmm. goes up though to eight something next year uh and then the, the final year of that deal is non-guaranteed so yeah, it's well, not and then and you got to look that um this year the 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 cap jumped like 28 million next year it's going to jump 40 million beyond that and the year after that it's going to jump at least 30 um because the new tv deals kick into the cap as does um, some of the money the league is making through the through the the betting markets and stuff. Um, those also get kicked into the cap yeah, Jackson, formula. So. Like, like a team like Jacksonville just went crazy because they can't in free agency. Right? They just had money to burn and they burned it. And, well, and, and no, they, no one, no one was going to Jacksonville unless they overpaid. Oh, it was so crazy. As, as yeah. awful as that Christian Kirk contract was, <laughs> how there was no other way for them to go to get and sign a. a a, ma- a big upgrade unless four, they overpaid four years 72 million for christian kirk mm-hmm. now we're talking a, a decent receiver a, a number two receiver on most teams n- number three receiver on on some and and that contract my goodness keith would you oh. rather have him or tyler lockett as your number two well sure right I'd right rather have tyler, i'd rather have tyler lockett yeah. Um, and that, that'll give you an idea of, of just how massive that contract is. Yeah. But if you're Jacksonville and you're, you're terrible and you're terrible <laughs> every year, right? you have so much money to spend. You have, I mean, you might as well spend it yeah. and 
you if you don't overspend, no one's going to come. So they overspend on some guys this year. They improve. They put some weapons around their right. quarterback, um, and they become they become more of a destination in terms of like people are actively avoiding them anymore. And then you know, it, two years from now, you end up having to cut Christian Kirk because he's making too much for his production. But right in the meantime, you've been able to upgrade the rest. Yeah, of that's roster. that's the thing about moves like this in teams mm-hmm. like Jacksonville is they're, they'll do this one year and then they'll be in cap hell for a couple of years. Their roster will deteriorate and they'll be back in the same spot. Yeah, as opposed it, to as opposed to teams right, that do it, you know, consistently over time. If if they do it right um and draft reasonably well, then they can um they yeah. can basically repair, you know, some of the this and then they'll be able to let a guy like Christian Kirk, Kirk go because they've drafted well uh, behind him. And so they, they can get out from underneath this. If they don't draft well, though, yeah. then they're always going to be bad. They're just always going to be bad. And we've seen that that's probably likely mm-hmm. with them. Okay. A um, couple other players. Uh, Austin Blythe. We talked yeah. briefly about the center market last week and mentioned his name in passing kind of as a possibly a good fit because of his time with the Rams three-year starter there and he moved on to Kansas City last year I thought he would have been a guy that we would have brought in last year just because of the Shane Waldron move and and, and Dickinson Dixon Dickinson Dixon. Um, Dixon sorry the coach mm-hmm. and um, and so they brought him in this year on a, on a value deal I think it's a Four four million dollar one year deal. Yeah, um, he, didn't, he didn't play much this last no, year. He didn't play at all. He had um, like a you know a couple dozen snaps. All yeah, year. he had like I think he had like twenty six snaps total. Uh, and so that's one of that's the concerning thing there is how much money they gave him for a guy that didn't play in twenty twenty one. But how likely does that mean that we've moved on from Posick? I think it's highly likely that we've moved on from Posick. Um, I still think they need to, they still need a younger player. They need, they need some insurance because Blythe didn't play in 2021. What about, the, what about that Shepley kid that we kind of picked up last year? You know, they brought him back. He, they signed him to, um, his exclusive rights deal. They, they, they did bring him back. He's going to be on the roster. So, um, they Good. liked him enough to pick him up off waivers a year ago when San Francisco tried to squeeze him through, um, and got him, get him out of the practice squad, and they liked him enough to re-sign him. So I don't know why they never played him last year. I would have, but mm-hmm. um, you know, they, 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 he's still around, and so I, I agree though. That, I agree that we may see that position group addressed in the draft. Um, who else? Who else? Well, Noah Fant. I mean, we we can count some of these trade guys as, as guys. Noah Fant mm-hmm. coming back on. I really like the roster the way it's kind of building out. Um, I'm, you know, we talked early in this show about roster building and the philosophy and I just, I don't necessarily see them being a seven win team this year with this roster. If they can get some sort of competence at the quarterback spot. Now yeah, that's I don't the see big competence. question. I don't see competence. I know you don't, spot. but it's hard to see right now this time of the year, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest, but they don't haven't solved that problem yet. And they, I think that they're they're Where's talking the, the talk with Drew Locke. Well, 
Where's the there's a couple of there's a couple of deals that you can because do. none of and the, we none of this all stuff of the deals none That's of the problem. there's no good option here's the here's them. the here's the realistic options Matt Ryan's going to be available here in a couple minutes because uh, Watson's signing with Atlanta mm-hmm. um, you got Garoppolo and you got Baker Mayfield oh, now yeah. they're I know I know but those are the they're they're the same player. Out of those two, who would you rather have? I think I would rather have Garoppolo because he's he's good. And but you he's, won't you won't get him because uh, San Francisco is not going to give him division rival rival I, their I, quarterback. I, I, I know. So didn't Sidney Jones resign with Seattle? Sidney Jones came back on a two year deal, four yeah. million, even less than four million. I think. Yeah, so that, that was, was a, great, that was that was a good signing. Team. So yeah. I think you've got your um, your two starting corners. In Artie Burns and Sidney Jones, and so they need to fill out. Well, that and the kid, here. you know, repairing his patella tendon. Yeah, um, Brown. Trey, yeah, Trey Brown. I, I, I'm not counting on him simply because of, um, the nature of the injury. It's, it's such a bad injury. It's I'm not like saying, oh well, he's not a good player because he is. Like, uh, but it's a matter of in this year. I don't know if we can count on him uh, a year from now. Sure. But this year, I don't know what we're going to get out of him. A um, couple of interesting things. Guys like, um, you know, just looking at some of the some of the roster, some exclusive rights free agents, which means the team could have them back for less than 500 grand if they wanted them. Guys like John Ursua, um, Gavin Helsop, um, Marcus Webb and the team didn't even tender them offers. Right. I found that to be like really odd. Um, we'll yeah. I mean, those are replacing It's easy to replace guys like that though. Um, mm-hmm. and it could point to a scheme change as well. Um, mm-hmm. they did tender Brian Monet, Penny Hart and cornerback Justin or John Reed. Yep. Um, I do wait. There's one other thing move that I think we need to talk about, and that is that they used the original round tender on Phil Haynes, um, which makes him a which means if he signs elsewhere, which I think he actually signed his tender, so he's not eligible to sign. And that elsewhere. tender is at two point five million dollars, so it's not exactly. cheap. It's not a cheap deal. No, I was really surprised because this is a guy that has barely played in three years. And he and, was cut. He was cut in September and brought back onto the practice mm-hmm. squad for a while. I mean, a fringe guy, but they must have seen something there when he, when he came in for a couple of games that well, they that they liked. When they drafted him, he looked like a future starter because even though he was a fifth round pick, this guy was a absolute road grader in college. Just perfect um, Seahawks run or guard in, in his ability to just drive people and then suck at pass blocking. Um, and he's just battled injuries and has not been able to stay healthy. But I think they see the talent there. And he did play a couple of games this last year, played pretty dang well um, in those couple of, of games. So maybe they're looking at him. Uh, I know at one mm-hmm. point a couple of years ago, they, they had him working out at center, um, you know, during training camp, although he never played in a game there. Um I don't know. It's, it seems to be a lot for a guy that has barely played in three years in the league. So I have one <laughs> more name, and then we can get out of here. Um, it's been reported that the Seahawks have Trent Brown 
the offensive tackle, huge guy, previously with San Francisco, in town right now, taking mm-hmm. a physical, um, and it signs point to them signing him, which is um, crazy to me. <clears throat> I think they're going to have to spend a lot of money to do it, too, and I want to talk to you about it. Guy is 6'7", 380 pounds. There's a 6'7", 380-pound guy in the draft this year that we were going to avoid like the plague. Yeah, but the 6'7", um, 380-pound guy in the draft – got dominated at the senior bowl practices. Trent Brown's a pro bowler. He's a perennial pro bowler. He's so, getting, getting a little long in the tooth, but honestly. What does this say about scheme, though, for Seattle when they're bringing a guy in that size? Um, I think it's signaling that they want to be good on the offensive line, and they well, have you see been them forever. Pay, do you see them? He's had experience at left tackle and right tackle. Do you see him more as a right tackle? I see him more as a left tackle. Wow. Um, wow. Really? And so this could be the left tackle situation. I think it's I think the team is not going into this season with a um a rookie or stone foresight as as the only option at um left tackle. They they may figure that they would have had to have uh, paid um Dwayne Brown ten million dollars minimum to come back for one year, maybe even twelve. And they might as well pay Trent Brown, you know, 14 or mm-hmm. or so to come in for and and be here for like a 3-year deal. Maybe. And be better. Yeah. Especially when you with the the when you look at the uh the, at the division and you see Whitworth retiring um from in LA and now you have San Francisco losing their guy and all of a sudden you're like this division which was by far the best in in football last year suddenly is coming back down to earth because the Rams are, are, you know, they're hemorrhaging talent at the moment. And, um, although they did sign, um, Allen Robinson at wide receiver, but they did, but all that does is replace Odell Beckham jr. So, um, you, you, you look at what's going on there and the, I mean, that's the division is kind of coming back down to earth. Um, especially if the 49ers and Trey Lance and, and all of that, if he, they wasted a year of his development last year, and so now they've got to deal with the growing pains there. This this division is not as good as it was a year ago. So I'll come back to Trent Brown just for half a second. My only concern with him is injury, Keith. Yeah. Like he's played uh, two out of his five seasons so far. He's played two full 16-game seasons, and the rest have been less than half of that. Mm-hmm. So he's either healthy or he's playing, you know, eight games. The good news about that, if you don't overpay him, is that we do have a guy like Stone Forsyth on the roster that could get some playing time in a year where you're transitioning to figure out what we've got in him. That would be the upside. Well, and I know Brown played all year last year, but that was also the first time in a very long time that Brown has played all year. Um, You look at his career and how often he was injured and all of that, and he's now 37. So yes, Trent Brown is a guy who is um, injury, you know, prone. But he's sub- significantly younger, and at this point in his career, better. And it's you're essentially, as far as reliability, kind of mm-hmm. the same guy. Interesting. Wow. All right. Lots of stuff. You know, by mm-hmm. the time we put this out. Um, the show out, I'm sure that there'll be more stuff. 
<laughs> we'll have to play catch up next week. They're next week, in. I think we're going to do a um, post free agency, post combine, post Russell Wilson trade. We have new picks to play with. Uh, mm-hmm. Mock draft yeah, 3.0. So that'll be fun. And, yep. you know, we'll probably, I don't know, maybe we'll go back to our original format, Keith, where each of us bring brings in a draft um, and we talk about all the all the options. That seems to be fun, too. Or we can pair up again and, and kind of make picks um, as we do it live on the show. I just think you want me to have to come in shirtless with one of those um, belts and be John Snyder. I, I think that's what you're trying to trying to make happen. And I, as I'm long as it's not in person when we do that, Keith, I'm okay with that. <laughs> You just stay over there. I'll stay over here. All right. Let's get out of here. Find Keith on Twitter, at Myers NFL. I'm at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawk Playbook. Um, you can find us on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. Please subscribe and share. Thanks. And go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.